So hello, and welcome back to the University of Life. In this episode, I am joined by the witch in my corner. <laughs> and I, I feel like... The mystic, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that... Uh, it goes beyond witchiness, I think. Well, yeah, it does, it does. But do you know, I think a lot of people, they like to have the idea of a confidant, they like to have somebody to lean back on. Um, and Therese Tierney in front of me uh, actually came to me as a client at first, right? Yes. Um, but I was so inspired by her work that I wanted to engage with her. And, um, and I kind of give that introduction. But I do think it is such an incredible asset and value to have somebody who sees the world from in a different way in your corner. And to lean on as you're perhaps going on your spir- spiritual journey. I would, I would call you my spiritual mentor. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. I think people would probably give me that title, even though I've never given it to myself, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I feel quite proud saying that. So, but that's me putting a title on you. How do you actually introduce yourself? Well, you know, like many of us, we've had many incarnations. <laughs> we've done many things in our lives. Um, currently, I'm teaching and mentoring intuition, mm. advanced intuition and uh, working with business energetics and retreats and online with people. So I'm like the person that gets behind the story. Like I get into the invisible parts of you. So Oof. Well, okay. Can I actually ask you the very first definition there? Like intuition, it's a big word. It's thrown around yes. loads. What actually is intuition? That's a good question, actually. Um, I think your intuition is your inner knowing. Yeah. It's your innate wisdom that you have mm. about yourself. It's like on one level, on, you are connected to all of the information that is in the universe. And when we are able to connect with that intuition, it's like that knowing and that absolute truth for you or for me. Each one of us has a different path. Mm. so your intuition is like what's going to guide you it's almost like your higher self communicating to your ego self okay so the uh, little bold questions coming up on my side what do you think of this one's confidence is in direct correlation to their connection with their intuition absolutely a hundred percent and i see it all the time with people because there's sometimes this kind of doubt or this sense of not trusting the nudges or the kind of intuitive hits. And then when you're able to create a practice or something that helps you tap into your intuition, like, you know, and work on it like it's a tool, the decision-making, the confidence, everything just shoots up. It shoots up. Whereas interesting, what I find is the more I talk to others without discretion, so let me say I something goes wrong in my life and I end up chatting to somebody who let's say isn't as qualified as I'd like. Mm. I find it erodes my confidence. I find mm. it throws me all over the place. Mm. There are like, I talked, I introduced you as my confident, my spiritual mentor. And I have like, I have some very valued friends mm. and some very valued experts that depending on what area of my life I would lean into for support, mm. but very delicately. I find that there's a huge vulnerability in going third party, but anytime I take real time out to sit with myself and tune into that intuition that you've helped me develop and refine, mm-hmm. that's where I seem to find myself getting clarity and getting strength and getting confidence. Yeah. Well, because it's your own inner knowing and it's 
this ability to follow the path, the path less traveled, you know. And we, we go outside of ourselves. We're taught to go outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're educated out of our genius and educated out of our intuition because most of our um, education is with left brain development. We kind of ignore that right brain connective, kind of listening to ourselves. You know, we're, we're taught that we, if something isn't read or someone hasn't told you, that it's not real. If you can't physically touch it, then it has no value. Mm. So it's those moments where you actually kind of let go of the external humanness of yourself and go into that inner knowing where you kind of have to let go of your programming. Do you actually find all the resources are there? (laughs) They're already there. But we've been educated out of not Trusting it, not using it, not seeing it as having any value, you know? So I kind of have to scratch my head a little bit and think, when you say educated out. Yes. I recognize that because if I look at our more ancient types, they were so mystical. Yes. They were so connected with the land, connected with spirit. I'm almost thinking of the movie Avatar. But the fact of the matter is that that is almost like going back to our ancestral Well, there's a really interesting study done, and I can't remember the name of the guy, and I'm really annoyed at myself because I was only reading about it um, the last week. And it was when NASA was going to um, uh, research on how to hire more geniuses, right? So they were trying to figure out how... Is it... What's his name? Is it Bard? I'm not too sure. You know this. You know this. So they hired this um, guy to go and um, do research with starting with five-year-olds. And, you know, when he was given the the kind of paradigm of what to look at at for, you know, the potential for genius, 98% of five-year-olds were considered genius because of how they created solutions to problems through their imagination and just through you know, using their, you know, their creativity, right? And this is what we we, we say genius is. Um, you know, he went back to those same group of five-year-olds um, at the age of 10 and it had gone down to 30%, mm. okay? Because as his theory is because of traditional schooling, right? He went back again, teenagers, and I think it went down to 12%, and then by the time they'd reached adulthood, it was 2%. Isn't that so sad? But isn't it just showing you how we're all innately intuitive, creative, we're all connected to this like inner knowing, we're able to problem solve for ourselves and for others, really like on a on kind of bigger scale with more, more resources and creativity. Mm. But it's not that, you know, we're educated out of it. I love this concept that essentially we are so much more powerful than we can ever imagine. And well, the yogis have been saying that, yeah. you know. And the realization of that is just taking time to dip into yourselves. So your work is helping people really dip into that innate power that we all have within us. Yeah. But sadly, we've been educated away or distracted away from it. Yeah. And we, we tend to only trust what our five senses, the gross five senses show us. Whereas our subtle senses, which is our you know, subtle sense of feeling, subtle sense of touch, our vision, our clairvoyance, we tend not to put as much weight on those kind of, that kind of information yeah. because it's not normalized. You know, we don't, we actually call it woo or, you know, we're, we, we, we tell children, oh, you're in your imagination. And in school, we, we kind of demonize that um, in favor of this kind of intellect knowledge, right? So, you know, we tend to just trust what we can see and touch and feel in this version of 
reality. But the inner senses are receiving information all the time. They're always receiving information just on a more subtle vibration. And it's just a case that we are so detached from it that we can't understand it. And so it goes... When when your eyes are open, you're engaged with the physical world. When your eyes are closed and when you're dreaming, you're using these subtle senses, right? Your body is still seeing things. Your body is still feeling experiences. You're hearing people talk. You're, you know, in another kind of version of yourself. But it's not your five senses that you're using to navigate the, the reality or the physical world. It's the five senses you're using to navigate your in the invisible world, mm-hmm. right? And when we start to cultivate a practice where we tune back into those subtle senses with intention, you know, okay, going in with a question, with a quest, we actually have access to so much more information than our physical senses actually have. It's a thing I... I I suppose I get a little bit sad. You know, you look on social media and there's so many gurus talking about so much. Yeah. And the fact is, like, the way they produce the content, it's so bloody attractive. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah. this yeah. is amazing. But what you're touching on is something that really uh, I find highly stimulating, which is essentially the concept that, like, we have a vault mm-hmm. of wisdom inside mm-hmm. of us yeah. um, that is actually so much more tailored and appropriate to us. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we seek that is essentially sitting with ourselves and really examining our past and sitting with with it and reflecting mm-hmm. but unfortunately we're selling ourselves short all the time and distracted by outsourcing, our, outsourcing wisdom. our wisdom yeah and um it's a crime against humanity and, and so many of us think <laughs> oh we're so smart i know what such and such says and i know what such and such yeah. says. And it's like great what you know about yourself and, yes <laughs> and that's a really that's a really scary thing actually yes. when people know so much like you, you, you know not describing like sports fans or stuff. They know the team. They know the whys of the team. They know everything. But then you ask them, look, you know, how are you feeling? Mm. What's coming up for you? What's most present for you in life? And actually, mm, there's a there's a gap and there's a mm. stuckness. Why is that? Because we're never asked. A lot of the time we're in survival mode where we're doing, doing, doing. <clears throat> and again, that, that, that practice of going in isn't cultivated in Western culture society as much as it would be in other cultures um you know i used to spend a lot of time in india when i was teaching yoga and studying meditation and <clears throat> i would see the kids you know sitting for meditation yeah. you know? and you would just see wow this is just a completely different paradigm you know it's a different way of cultivating you know a cultural awareness of the subtle or the spiritual excuse me <clears throat> but um Thank you. Pleasure. <laughs> the water. <laughs> but again, like I said, we're always looking for, you know, the external proof. You know, we're always looking outside of ourselves and to be distracted as well. You know, because sometimes when you actually sit with yourself or you are um, tuning into what's actually going on with you, um, it's, it doesn't always feel great. So I think people do distract themselves with external stimulation like sports or, you know, whatever so, it is. So when, obvious because it's nice to be distracted and actually it can well, be listen, quite confronting. Listen, it's great fun. Yeah. <laughs> this, 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 uh, this Maya, as the yogis call it, this like, you know, creation of reality has got so much lovely, pleasurable, fun things to do. So no wonder we're all outside our, you know, we're always looking outside and we're engaged and we're turned on and we're like, you know. Whereas if you're looking internally, 
it's confronting because generally speaking, the best lessons come from the biggest challenges. Yeah, like there's a part of there's a part of your intuition that you kind of want to ignore as well, you know. So it's it's easier to be seduced by what you would want to happen, you know, outside with your five senses than actually tuning in and realizing whether something is good for you or not good for you. So um, when we're talking about intuition <clears throat> and the subtle nudges that you receive and that you get, we're, we're not always comfortable going into them. You know, we're not always comfortable acknowledging them. We kind of tend to push them down. Yeah. Um, so it is, it's about kind of committing to the fact of sitting with yourself, feeling what comes up and being brutally honest when your intuition is saying, you know, get out of there. Because, and I've had it happen to me so many times in my life where my wishful thinking has really wanted to override what my intuition has been, was telling me. Mm. Um, you know, time and time again, ignoring red flags, pushing through a situation that I just knew was going to end, but the sadness around me accept, expecting that rea- you know, accepting the reality of what my intuition was telling me was <laughs> too much so I would just ignore it. And that's, I think, a challenge for people is to actually to let go of what they desire in return for what their actual path is. You know, what is the real journey I need to be taken on here? You know? Okay. So what I'm hearing there is that in the external world, we can wish and we can sit in desire and we can sit in hope. Um, but in the all-knowing internal world, uh, that knowing can be pretty confronting. And can be pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty contrary to what we might want. Yes. And so it's easier just to ignore it yes. and detach and sit in the dreamland rather than be yes. confronted by those truths. Yes, 100%. Okay. And that's why a lot of us would prefer to ignore our intuition is because it's not what we want. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think there's a lot of confusion as well in intuition. Like we think we want something and then we don't actually want to, you know, that comes up a hell of a lot. And that's really, really hard when, you know, you come in and let's say you sit with yourself and mm-hmm. one minute there's a voice saying something, mm-hmm. but then the next minute there's something completely different coming up as well. That's disorientating as hell. Well, I think when you're, when you can drop into a level of, you know, you're, you're trying to get the brain waves to drop. Okay. So we're not like intuition isn't, like real deep intuitive knowing isn't like on the same level of thinking that we are having a chat with now. Okay, like the beta kind of activity of being present with what's going on. Real intuition starts dropping into your awareness when you lower your frequency of mm. brainwaves down to like alpha, theta. So you have to almost welcome a kind of meditative feeling in your body like doing like a yoga nidra or a guided embodiment thing where you actually the noise settles a bit okay sorry so now as you're speaking what i'm recognizing is that as you go through those layers there's different voices exactly and often your five senses get more your subtle senses how you can feel see you know know get more turned up in volume when you drop yeah. out of the physical senses so of course let's, let's say at, at an elementary level when you're 
leaning into this space and it's like, oh, I'm so connected. In actual fact, no, you're on your journey. And unfortunately, you're finding your path. Mm. And and it takes actual real time to bring clarity to that voice and practice. And mm. um, so the more you lean in, you're going to witness a whole lot of difference coming up. But mm. little by little, that clarity will come. And what I'm kind of hearing then is that we really shouldn't trust our intuition until a point that we recognize it is really de- developed and refined. I think that there's ways your intuition nudges you. You know, like you people get gut feelings. People get a kind of just full body no, uh, no full body no, full body yes in a moment or something. And that can be what I call that is like, you know, emergency intuition, right? <laughs> it's like, don't do this thing. Don't, you know, get in that car, whatever. Like that's literally the universe going, come on now, right? But when you actually cultivate an intuitive practice for yourself, where, like I said, you drop the brain waves, you come into a place where you're kind of receiving a kind of intuitive sense of things. And when you become, you know, gnosis practice in Talicus, right? You, be, you, you know how to do the technique, you practice it and you practice it every day. And then your intuition starts trusting you as well as you start trusting your intuition. Okay, and then you're able to bring it more into your outer world when you're more in your five senses. But I definitely think there's a path of returning and remembering for most of us Mm. because of the fact that we've been educated out of what it's supposed to feel like when our intuition is really on point. And whenever you make an inquiry, the energy in which you make the inquiry from is the energy which you will get the answer from. Ah, so let me, let me just, I suppose, make that a little bit more practical. So say I'm stressed out of my mind and I'm mm-hmm. trying to make a, a decision on something. Well, then the answer that's going to come to me is going to be stressed out of its mind. Yeah. And so really, if I want to connect with my intuition, I have to, I have to calm myself, which is exactly what you're saying, really drop into this peaceful state. But unfortunately, if I'm not in that peaceful state, I'm going to get a disorientating answer. Mm. Okay, that makes complete sense. Yeah, so it's kind of like... For example, this comes up a little bit with you know business and you know we're both business people, we both work on coaching and stuff like that. When you are asking a question from a vibration of fear or scarcity of lack, you're going to receive the answer that is in tune with that that that, that vibration. Okay. Yeah. So when you ask a question from abundance, I've already received this, how did I do it? The information is different. Yeah. Do you understand? So it's whatever level of playing field that you're at, you know, from your mind, your energy, you're going to receive different information. So actually people out of sorts like hell and tuning into their intuition and thinking, oh, I've got a great intuitive connection. It's like, unfortunately, no, you couldn't. Well, again, I don't want to say this one size fits all, you know. Some people are born just way more in their right, you know, capacity. They haven't had the same experiences and, and programming as other people. So it's not, it's, I'm not, I'm not here. I don't cope, well, I suppose I do hold space for what I would call mystics as well, right? Mm. But who I teach are people who are like, I know that there is, I know I'm intuitive, but I just need a way to like 
anchor that and channel that then, right? So, you know, it's kind of like everyone has their own flavor of how they do it. And, the, and, and, the, and some people are naturally gifted. I'm not saying there aren't natural intuit- intuitives there, but most of us are, like you said, you know, in wishful thinking, or I want this to happen, it's my intuition telling me, when actually it's not, it's a level of mind that's like wanting to manifest. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'll tell you. And obviously, there's so much like in my mind here. But what I have is, do you know the last samurai? See, I'm a very big closet You're, Tom Cruise you, fan. Oh, are you? I love him. And in that, anyway, there is the samurai, and he's meditating in his temple, and he's just so grounded, and he's so calm, and he's so cool and collected. And I'm like, oh, I aspire to that. I'm yes, like, there's that's, that's my my spirit animal. <laughs> he's radiating out this yes. sense of connection. Yes, but like, there's a lot of types I've met in my journeys where. They're like a mad bag of cats. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, I tuned into my, my intuition and this came up. And I'm like, yeah, it just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And and so I, 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 I really like the framing that you're putting on, which is like, here, wait one second. This is, this is almost magical. We have this incredible power inside ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it's not as simple as just close your eyes and ask yourself a question. Mm-hmm. It takes discipline. It takes refinement. It takes practice. And it takes time. And... The level at which you commit yourself to the process, like everything else in the life, mm-hmm. is then reflected in terms of the level that it will return to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like almost a universal pillar of wisdom. It stands up against everything. So Absolutely. It feels really yeah. good. So, like, I've been doing this for a really, really long time. <laughs> but initially, it's like riding, it was like riding a bike for me to refine my intuition, to actually trust it, to try it out. You know, like, you know, we tune into people, like, you know, and tuning into stuff and then you get some information and you're like, oh, wow, that, that worked. And, you know, it's, it's a, like, it's a little bit about learning, like driving your car. You know, they say you have to first know all the steps and then after you do it 21 times or whatever the habit is, it kind of becomes more online with you quicker, yeah. you know? So it's like that with your intuition. I see people starting out and they're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do what you're saying I'm going to be able to do. Um, I say, well, if you're in front of me, you're going to be able to do it because I feel like my clients are all really like solo line, like they find me or, you know, they're here because we have a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you'd be so surprised. Well, Within can- a couple of weeks, it's like, opened up the door you know it's just because we've never been shown we've never been taught a practical practice to actually access your intuition so i want to make this a little bit more practical if anybody's listening on and i want to tune in as if they were sitting in front of you but like if you were saying look here for anybody listening on that actually really wants to start developing a connection with their intuition um how would you guide like what would be the okay here here are like the three take-home steps are the things that I think you should, will guide you on your route to developing this level of connection. Um, good question. Thank you. So, you know, I suppose for me and for a lot of other people that work with intuition and talk about intuition, one of the main things that you um, must do is get back in touch with your imagination. Mm. Okay. Because... When I'm working with clients and I say to them, 
oh, you know, this is just an example. Okay, so I'm giving them a person to tune into, you know, in their work or one of their clients. And I say, okay, how do they, you know, if, you, if they're standing in front of you, how do they feel to you? And they say to me, I don't know if I'm just imagining this, but it feels like they're, you know, X, Y, and Z, feeling pressure or stressed. And your intuition and your imagination is the same boundary, like, like the same boundary. So if you have been cut off from your imagination and you don't, you can't visualize, you can't make things up, you know, you can't play. The first thing I would do is start practicing imagination, mm. like guided visualizations, like these kind of things that help you get back into turning on your five subtle senses, right? Yeah. Or getting back in touch with them and feeling them. Um, another thing would be like, you were saying you're creating a little practice, a little space where you're kind of committing to your your journey of reawakening your intuition. Um, so like having a journal, creating a time, a couple of times a week where your intention is just to sit and you know either do a, a guided relaxation to lower the brain frequencies and just open yourself up to receive what do I need to hear today. Like little things, little tiny practices. Ah, let me just hold you on that because that, that actually, for me, actually struck a chord. Um, carve out a bit of time. Mm-hmm. Once a week or once every day or whatever suits. Uh, sit with yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, develop some sort of a relaxing exercise. It could be to listen to a meditation. It could be to take yourself through some breathing exercises. But then just ask yourself, what do I need to hear? Mm-hmm. And that simple question coupled with your imagination, let your imagination then run wild and see what comes up. Have your journal in front of you to take note and don't judge. Mm-hmm. And perhaps don't judge, don't act, but see what unfolds over yeah. the course of the next four or five weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just a kind of, it's a reawakening. Like obviously there's courses, you know, that you can do. But if you're if you're just getting curious and you're just playing, you know, to be able to have an intention of doing something. So my intention is to get back and reawaken my intuition or start trusting my intuition again. Whenever you create that space to do that, it's when you're opening up the veil, you're allowing for that magic to start come online, coming online again. Yeah. You know? So it's really and you'd be so surprised the minute you create the intention to actually drop in how much stuff mm. comes online. Like you're like, whoa, that was there the whole time. That's one of the things that people say to me so much. They're like, I cannot believe that this has been in me the whole time and nobody showed me how to do it. <laughs> I, I always find in these kind of conversations, if ever I've been hearing them or having them, I'm like, yeah, but come on, make it practical. I'll, I'll share from like a session myself and um trace has been fantastic about helping me create essentially like an inner lab mm. and uh and in, yeah. Uh, yeah like a, a space that i can go into in my meditations and within uh within them there is a, a phone that i can pick up and it tells me you know anything that i need to be conscious of yeah, so your anyway, little office your little yeah. intuition office and, and, <laughs> yeah, for work. and in this exercise anyway i picked up the phone and and Teresa was like so who's on the other line it was like oh it's my brother and 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 what's he saying he's he's saying he needs to have a chat urgently and she was like cool taking a mental note we'll talk about that at the end of the session anyway when the session ended i looked at my phone and there was a text from my brother saying hey jamie can we have a talk urgently i thought that was amazing 
And it was a, I, I, I do also think that as we do these practices, you know, you said that term, woo-woo, like it, it, it is nerve wracking as you dip into this space and there's a lot of doubt, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of insecurities that come up, mm. but when you get these moments mm. of like, oh, oh, wow. And I, I think even the exercise that we, that you shared there, this idea of essentially opening yourself up of what do I need to receive, taking note not really doing anything, but letting that practice unfold over four or five weeks. As you reflect back, you will start to see patterns of like, wow, I, I had a bit of guidance. I had a bit of message, a bit of a message. And I feel that the more, the more we build confidence in it, it's, it's the more Confidence comes from a feedback loop of successful, like intuition downloads, right? Yeah. So, you know, when I first started working with clients and tuning into them, like I used to do like medical intuition where I'd be able to like figure out, you know, what was going on with their bodies. I had a lot of background from anatomy and physiology and energy, you know, system backgrounds. And so my intuition knew I had that information. Mm -hmm. So when you're working with your intuition, whatever information you have, it can bring you deeper into it. Mm So if you're a business coach and you know business and you're working with your intuition, your intuition is going to keep bringing you down to the, the real point where it's going to be like, no, we can go deeper with this. It's not this system. It's that, it's that, it's that. So when you start working with your intuition, you start um, becoming the master of your craft. Right? Oh, that's why I engaged with you. Yeah. I, I loved the... like. I suppose cutting to the point, like when somebody hires me, they really want them to get to the root of their issues and, and support them yes. in kind of transforming in the most efficient fashion possible. And yes. oftentimes people don't actually know what that issue is. Yes. So I engaged with you to help me build that sense, that connected yes. sense to be able to really tune into someone and figure out what does this person need? Yes. And I love it. I, as As our work has developed and as I engage with clients, they're like, how did you know that? Yes. It's a... Uh... But it's that, that builds the confidence. Mm, okay, it's... so when I was, you know, when I'm first starting with people and I'm doing the intuition stuff and I, I'm looking in their eye and I'm like, oh, the, and as you, as you zoom out, more intuition floods in, right? So you have the thing, but then you understand it's this and then it's connected to this and you're, you're letting your imagination show you what the story is. And the more right you get it, the more you're like, this is something, this is something. And then you trust it more. Then it reveals more to you. Then you trust it more. And then it just becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your work. So that's how you develop confidence and get really good at it. Now, I have to ask kind of devil's advocate questions. Is that good? <laughs> Go for it. Okay. How do you tell the difference between projection and trauma? Projection and? Well, sorry, not the difference between projection and trauma, but like as in when you're like, ah, intuitively, I know. Mm. versus actually no you're actually just projecting that on that person are actually that knowing isn't coming from a pure place that's coming from a troubled part inside you you always ask your intuition your oh. intuition is like your body and you can say and this happened to me quite a lot especially when my father passed away and i was working on i was getting a lot of clients that had grief right because we're we're connected to the, you know, unconscious that's wanting us to heal. Mm. And I suppressed my grief of my father actually quite a lot. I ended up leaving Ireland when he died and going to India and sitting by the Ganges and watching other people cremate their dead. Wow. And I just had this real block around my grief. I couldn't go into it. 
And then when I returned to Ireland, I kept getting clients who had lost someone very suddenly and their lives had just exploded. And I knew that on some level, I called these people in because this is the work I was doing. So for me, when I was working with them, it was very important for me to know what was my projection of my own grief that they may or may not have been experiencing and what was actually my intuition picking up like neutral. And how you do it is you have to get really, really good with yourself and be getting into a very neutral place where you're picking up but not taking on, right? So you're getting information from people but you're not taking on any of the energetic yuck that comes with it. And also where you're not allowing yourself to your story to be projected into their similar story, but it's not their stuff. Yeah. So you, you're always very like ethical. Is this my shit that's coming up? You know, is this something that is actually coming up in both of us? And that's okay. And it can be that. But you ask, I always ask yes or no for everything that comes in. I'm like, this is something that's coming through. Is this right? No, it's mm, kind of right, but it's not right. Okay. So then you just keep going. Is this? Is this? This is very binary. It's either a yes or a no. The intuition doesn't mess around. <laughs> I, I love that on one side we're talking about a, a subject that can be very complicated, but actually the solution is very simple. Oh yeah, you just ask yourself. You, <laughs> ask, you ask that inner knowing, is this... And there's stuff that's come up for me for clients as well, where I know something and I, I ask, is it appropriate to actually share this? Yeah. And it's no. <laughs> Don't, please don't say this out loud. This person will, is not in the place to hear it. So when you're working with your intuition, with clients, okay, so this is with other people, you have to really be respectful of what their personal energy is ready to work with. Um, but having the intuition information in your field of knowing, there's a level of compassion that they feel, mm-hmm. even if you're not like, Oh, I know this about you. Like you're trying, your ego wants to be like, I figured this thing out, you know. It's not about your ego. It's about serving the best way you can with your intuition. And sometimes that doesn't mean you win the prize. It doesn't mean that you get like recognized for like, oh, you picked up this. It's about like, fuck, I can, I know this. I can hold this for them until they're ready to actually um, say it themselves or, I, or when I tune in, it's appropriate to say it. It's really, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot, but you know, you, with the, with what is it? What they say, heavy is the, the head who wears the intuitive crown, you know? You, you, you have to have boundaries. Heavy is the head that wears the intuitive crown. What is it? Crown. Heavy is the... Heavy is the head that wears the intuitive crown. Is that what, does that make so. sense? Yeah, it does. So, yeah. you know, it's like that with responsibility. When you open up your, your ability to read subtle invisible information... Your, yes, your confidence soars, but then also your ego can actually be like, I'm a fucking magician, right? Yeah. I am so good. Look at me. I know all this stuff about everybody, you know? I And it can become a cocky ego thing, you know? And you have to be able to, like, know the boundaries of what, what's cool and what's not cool. You know? can, can I ask, at this earlier on in the conversation, you were like, Unfortunately, a lot of us have been educated out of these instinctive, inst- mm. this instinctual knowledge that we have within us. And like a lot of this space is labeled woo-woo. And people, like if you were even to bring it up, they'd throw their eyes up, up and down. Mm. Why do you think there's such negativity? Well, I think 
people fear what they don't know. Okay, We're all the yeah. same. And I think that, um, unfortunately, a lot of people who are in the spiritual community label themselves as well, which is kind of degrading when actually this is the highest version of reality. We're winning and everybody else is completely asleep, you know. So I don't buy it. I don't, I don't, I don't allow that kind of talk. It's distorted. It's the wrong way around. It's like we're in the upside down world, you know. Like when I see people saying stuff like, oh, well, you know, my five, like my five senses are like, you know, proof and this isn't real. And I'm like, well, explain to me, genius, how I am able to tune into someone on the other side of the world without ever knowing. How can you explain that to me? And they would say, well, how do you know you can? How can you prove it? It's mean like, talk to any of my clients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Like, how can, it's like that. It's like, how can something that I can do not be real? Like, yeah. it's a real thing. So I don't, I think there was a time when we're the wounded healer and we're looking for validation from, you know, people outside ourselves to say what you're doing is real and, you know, you're not like bonkers. But when you get to a point in your life where you just have that confidence and that track record and just knowing and really helping people and like transforming lives, anybody else's opinion kind of doesn't really start to resonate with you anymore. And you only attract people kind of then into your space that value you see the value of what you can do and know that, you know, there's way more in this reality. The, uh, the saying, lions don't concern themselves with the affairs of lambs. Exactly. To mind. And it's, <laughs> I think you said that to me when you were coaching me before, <laughs> did you? Yeah, I think so. It is, it, is, it is actually a funny one when you can identify that there will be times when you are so concerned what other people are thinking and it's actually nothing to do with what those other people are thinking of it. But it's actually really reflective of where you're at, that you're in the early stages of your journey. Yeah. Don't get distracted by those others. In actual fact, keep going, because the more you deepen your knowledge and your practice, the less that is going to penetrate and the more independent and strong you're going to feel. Yes, and surround yourself with other mystics and other curious, conscious fucking souls. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not everybody's awakening lifetime and that's fine and that's fine some people are having a resting life yeah they're literally meant to be sitting on the couch just watching the tv having no major impact in the world we don't know where okay we're going to get all like you know previous lives or future life we don't know where this other individuals are on their spectrum of their life's journey their soul's journey it's not our business so if they don't want to be doing what we want to do or the Bless them, send them love. It's like none of your business what other people think of you anyway, so... That's fine. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you? Yeah. How the hell did you get into this space? <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. Is anything an accident? How, does, how do we fall into things? Natural curiosity, I suppose, initially. Okay, so you were just curious, curious, curious and followed that. Um, yeah, I taught yoga for years, so I used to study in India quite a lot. Um, I've had some really interesting um, experiences with mystics and yogis, um, and it just kind of shifted my awareness to what's actually possible. Okay, can you, if you're open to it, completely appreciate it, if you're not, bend my perspective of reality. Give me an example. 
Um, well, I suppose, oh God, Jenny, there's so many different, Just <laughs> I could write a book. Um, so like sitting, sitting in front of, um, a, 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 an enlightened, um, master, not like a guru, like, Yes, we use the word guru in the West very kind of loosely for someone who's just a teacher. But when someone has attained a level of consciousness, like a level of awakening, it's not what they say to you. It's about what you feel like when you're, they're in, you're in their presence. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when I was young, I, was, I used to seek these people out. I was like thinking to myself, if I could sit next to one of these people, and experience what they actually experience. They experience life on a totally different level of consciousness. How would that change me? How would I, how would I perceive the world differently, having had those experiences? Um, or maybe I wasn't even conscious of that level at that time. Maybe I just wanted to heal. Maybe I just wanted to feel better in myself. Maybe I wanted to feel, like, you know, happy. But I would, I used to travel in India, as you know, by myself. And I used to seek out these, these, some of them very famous, Sai Baba, you know, like really, uh, Mother Amma, you know Amma, the hugging, the hugger. Hugging, the hugger. Um, Sai Baba's left the physical body, physical body now, Satya Sai Baba. There's, like, there's just so many different like experiences that I have where I would sit for satsang, which is just kind of sit in community with all the other devotees that were there. I wasn't a devotee or anything. I was just curious about how does this level of consciousness exist, exist at the same time as my level of consciousness on the planet, right? Yep. And I would have these experiences where time would just collapse. So I would sit down for what I would feel is about 20 minutes. And I would have, I, and, I, and I used to be going there with questions because my ego mind is like, you know, questions are, you know, prayers for my father or some, I'd be going there with an intention. And the minute I was in the space of this being, my mind ceased to function the way it would normally function. I was in a kind of thoughtless, suspended state mm -hmm. where no matter how hard I tried to think, I couldn't think. My body was sitting straight, just very peaceful and erect, like, you know, spine straight with no thoughts. And this would happen to me every time I would sit with these, with these masters and I would feel like, blissful and I would think oh it's, you know, that was a nice 20 minutes and I would look at my watch and it would be five hours later wow and if I tried to sit and meditate for five hours in my ego mind right my physical body is like aching and you know because of the level of consciousness I'm playing at I, I couldn't do it so having had these kind of experiences made me realize like there is so much more available to us as humans when we connect with the right frequency, the right practices, the right vibrations. Our, we, we, our, our, our ego mind is like this, you know, my, one of my yoga teachers used to say, it's a drunken monkey being stung by bees. Right? It's just like this, 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 this. And we miss out on that sense of awareness and connection and peace that's actually always available depending on where you put yourself who you're sitting in front of and what you're doing mm. 
So how I probably started was having these like kind of almost mystical experiences again and again and again and thinking how how can this become a part of my journey and how can I maybe help integrate some of that and help people connect on this level that is actually connected to everything and everyone. Yeah. And that's where the information is about people, you know, how you can tune into someone is because you're lowering your mind into this place of connectedness. And it's easy then for us all to tune into each other on that level because we are, all the information is there. Do you know, a real practical example of that is coming up for me, but when you're stressed, when you're busy, you can't connect with people. Mm. You can't relate to people. Yes. People wonder why, how are people so rough and tough in business? It's because well, they're so stressed, they can't relate. <laughs> but it's as soon as you slow yourself down, and and bring a level of peace that you start to really feel like if we think about it relationally if you light the candles if you have a romantic evening in you are going to feel love and you're going to feel connection if you're busy as hell you're not and I feel when I yeah when I, I hear what you're saying I'm like unfortunately we're also bloody stressed mm. in our world that we're that that is is pulling us away from this this bliss-like state, this connection capacity that we have. Mm. And really, like when, you know, when we really drilled down into how to get there, we're like, well, just make some space for it. Mm. Sit, uh, really calm and relax yourself and then just open yourself up to that world. Mm. It's, um, it's kind of interesting. I, I, I have this philosophy that the, essentially the greatest things in life are the simplest. Mm. And, uh, but there's some need inside us as humans to make things complicated. complicated and everything. And yeah, our egos are like, yeah, like make it really hard and make it really like, you know, challenge. Yeah. And it, it is, it's that, like you were saying, just this pairing it back and being, is there a whole part of me that I have yet to discover? Is there a part of me that's actually yearning for this kind of intuitive, soul-led life? Mm. And until we become aware of that yearning, first of all, okay, and like you said, not everybody has that desire. They want to, they, they live in their world, they're happy in their world, they're going to live their life out that same way. But if you're getting a nod, you're a calling of like, no, I feel like there's something I should be doing. I feel like I should be connecting and living a more purposeful, soul-led life. That's your perfect invitation to start looking for you know techniques or practices that are going to help you to reconnect because it's the, the inner journey you know we, we we take this outer journey of our lives and we see it as this road ahead of us mm. but actually when you can connect in the outer journey becomes so much more easy because you avoid a lot of the potholes and you like navigate a more so like a more kind of intuitively led life and that can be a very peaceful it can also you know we can't avoid challenges but how you navigate those challenges and yes you can avoid a lot of crap when you actually listen to your intuition instead of listening projecting your wishful thinking you know and calling it intuition yeah it, it really reminds me of my work 
like I and and even my history like I remember with challenges when I was younger if a challenge came up I was like I'll just work harder yeah and I'll get through it the wounded masculine try harder <laughs> work your way out of the situation Maybe it's action action, action action yeah did it again and again and again until yeah. I just couldn't rise up anymore and it just got <laughs> yeah. on top of me you can but, do it for a long time but then you just get knackered and you can achieve a huge amount with the wounded masculine yeah we can like mm. you can get a lot but then it comes to a point where you're just like, you know what, burnout, can't do this anymore, can't scale because I have no energy to scale. Like, do you know, it's like... Whereas the, the, that energy of being able to see an obstacle, mm. step back from it for a little while, yeah. look at it and be yeah. like, oh, actually, looking at it this way, it just dissolves yeah. and you move forward with that intellect and that growth and that strength behind you. Yeah. And I feel that, yeah, I love, I, I love what you spoke to earlier, essentially that the, the more you work on yourself personally, essentially the more things will unfold for you, I would say professionally. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because you become more intuitive in your business. And then when, you, when stuff comes up, you're not afraid of working with the shadow. Because mm-hmm. every time you're trying to grow in your business, your vision comes, but then also your, your bullshit shadow comes up. Yeah. And we have nobody, nobody. It's so funny because I work with people on all levels of business who are like very successful starting their own businesses. Da, 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 da. Anytime we're about to, like you say, make a change or come up against a problem, the solution is there, but the shadow is there. Well, can I make that shadow a little bit more practical? Because, like, shadow is like your unconscious blocks, your fears. The bullshit you tell yourself yeah, in your head, you know, your your saboteur, your you know, just it's that like you know. No, well, like, like that energy yeah. that like doesn't want you to step out of your comfort zone and into the void or the new reality. Because I I love it when people are like, I want to level up, and it's yeah. like, well, remember that one, this is your comfort zone, and two, you've created a layer of safety around. Yeah. Exactly. And if you want to level up and go to a new realm, that's cool. But you're going to have to challenge. You're going to have to come out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You have and to then you feel all the crap. Feel yeah, all the crap. crap. And that's the shame. And then the crap is coming up to be alchemized at the same time. Yeah. So you have to acknowledge the shit that's people, coming up at the same time. People, and then you heal it. And then you're like, okay, now yeah. I'm comfortably at this new level up. Because you know? when, when we look at people's success, like, you know, mm. they, their success stories... And it's like, oh my God, look at them. They're doing so well and everything like that. And you see their wins, but you don't see the personal challenges that they've the had to overcome, to the growth. Through. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the feminine. It's like the masculine is the energy that goes out and does the action. The feminine is the thing that you're like going deep within yourself to unlock what it is that's actually holding you back. Because we can't level up without doing a bit of inner work. Mm. You know, our mindset, our programming or inherited traumas whatever it is and let me take that a step further that you can't do inner work and not level up exactly yeah 100% because the minute you shift your personal energy and you release something you alchemize something with inside yourself you just become a different person you can't be the same person yeah everything is energy like your your fears and your beliefs and they're all energy when you alchemize that energy or you transform it or you heal it it shifts you yeah. and you become a different person and then your action that ripple effect changes your business or your relationship or your life or whatever i know i i i think there's you know there's such a, a thought around like if you want to change your business oh get the website done and do this and strategy do that. strategy masculine but the fact is all of those are going to start bringing up inner demons inside yes. and, it, and that, it, that's my favorite thing to do yeah. 
started getting into like the old demonic side. <laughs> but like you said, it's getting into your shadow, the stuff that's kind of in there, the fears, all that kind of it's stuff. It's learning to process the stress, learning to engage with multiple people, be pulled in different, different, different directions and still stay grounded. And if you can stay grounded and you can work through all of that, that's what makes the difference. Not the ads. Not the sophisticated Well, side. I think what the missing piece of the puzzle that a lot of us as business owners actually forget about because it's so simplistic and it's so kind of, you know, like, again, we want to complicate everything, is that when you are happy in yourself and you love what you're delivering and you love your clients, it's like... That people feel that they mm. feel it from your containers, they feel it from you know you you and your work. Whereas if you're like you said in your left brain and you're like strategy and how can I make this financial goal and how many people do I need to have in this container to make ten grand or twenty or hundred grand, that's people also feel that right. Yeah. There's a whole invisible energy of business that's going on under the surface. So if you want to level up, you heal you get more connected to your purpose you do it because you love it and then that's so simple if you really so break simple. it down most things you are are your most valuable resource you're the one that's running the business 100%. you're the one that's energizing and so of course if you're going to invest into yourself and help yourself think better deal with greater levels of stress make better decisions for yourself that is going to ripple out and change every aspect of what you do mm-hmm. 100% mm. Trace thank you Oh, we do. Do you feel good? I feel great. Can I ask if anybody's listening on and they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Um, Instagram, website. Okay. I answer all my own emails and I answer my DMs. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving Trace this look of like, obviously, what is your website? <laughs> what is your Instagram? Okay, so it's uh, tracejourney.com. Perfect. You might leave it. I will. I'll leave it and all over And it's tracejourney Instagram. Lovely. And yeah, there's some freebies there. There's an anchoring, anchoring intuition little masterclass. It's free that people can download to get themselves tuning back into their intuition a bit. There's a few little tips and tricks in there. Um, and it's free. And lovely. it's a lovely way to get started if you're curious about like, what is this intuitive part of me that I may have forgotten? <laughs> well, thank you. I, I find this whole world so fascinating. And our work together has been, to be honest, I'm like, I was going to say expansive, but in actual fact, it's like it's calming, it's grounding, it's lovely, it's brought peace when there's times of real challenge and disorder, and it's um, and it's brought clarity in times of disease, and um, and so for anybody listening on who's kind of curious, I'd be like lean into that curiosity, and uh, and enjoy, and don't hesitate to reach out because you've been really good with me, so it's so nice to endorse you on. You're sweet.